0: It's the most popular sport on the planet, with an estimated 4 billion fans worldwide. But not everybody grew up watching or playing soccer, particularly here in the U.S. I sure didn't. I made fun of soccer, called it boring, hard to follow, and not as entertaining as football, basketball, or baseball. But thanks to some basic education about the game and a few viewings of English Premier League matches, I realized I had been wrong all those years, and I became hooked. It's a far more compelling sport to watch than I used to think. Tense, exciting, and when played by the great ones, graceful and elegant. This show is for anybody who's curious why so many people love this game. It's for new fans of the European club teams looking for analysis that doesn't get too far into the weeds because, frankly, we wouldn't know how to be that in-depth. It's for anybody who wants to join us on our journey of getting to know better the most popular sport in the world, We'll talk about the game itself, the rules, the terminology, the strategy. And we'll talk about the top club soccer league in the world, the English Premier League. Its teams, its history, its players, each week's games, all of it. We're kind of learning as we go here, but we're hoping you'll share that experience with us and come along for the ride. This is Hands Off Those Balls. The battle between the two teams at the top of the table turned out to be a disappointing snooze fest. Manchester City appears poised to make a run at first place. And my favorite team signed Salah. Not that one. (laughs) Welcome to another edition of Hands Off Those Balls. My name is Mike. I am joined as always by Jared. Jared, how are we doing this week? I'm doing
1: good, Mike. My uh, head is still sort of spinning on which uh, match day we were, where we are. Well, and where we was, are now, yeah. yeah where I, we're supposed I, to be, I have no idea. I think it's so.
0: sometime in the year 2027 for the rest of the week, and then yeah. you know, we'll come back to 2021. Um, so, yeah, we'll talk about it in greater detail later, um, but I was, I was all raring to have a, a whole rant about nbc yet again putting the best game of the week on peacock which is what they appeared to do by scheduling the liverpool manchester united match on peacock um uh, but hell they could have put it on uh you know nbc 13 for all i care <laughs> uh, th- th- that game stunk um you know it, it, th- in the first half i was intrigued that th- they seemed to be aggressive but just coming up into the, the respective other teams' solid defense. But then, by the second half, I'm like, nah, this game just sucks.
1: It, it's bad, you know. The opportunities were all front-stacked, it seemed like, and then towards the second half, just no one was getting anywhere, you yeah. know, so.
0: And what did it remind us of? The other match we got all excited for earlier this year, Manchester City, Manchester United, the Manchester Derby, oh. which turned out to suck. Was that also a nil-nil nil draw? Yeah. 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 So, um... Yeah, don't don't let yourself get get uh, excited and optimistic about a match. I guess is the lesson. Um, and, and just to uh, clear it up in case people don't get the joke and I forget to circle back to it, uh, my favorite team that I was referring to there is not Tottenham Hotspur, who shock of all shocks managed to beat. Sheffield United, I mean, like, oh, God, they actually won a game. (laughs) And and they scored an early goal and won a game. When I saw that happen, I was convinced they were going to blow it. Um, So, anyway, yeah, it's my New York Jets, my my favorite NFL team, hired Robert Sala, no relation, spelled different, uh, former defensive coordinator for the uh, San Francisco 49ers to be their head coach. Um, So that's what i was talking about there
1: are you excited about that is that a good move Uh,
0: i'm okay with it you got to understand as a jets fan the the idea of like optimism you you know it's it's very very it's a fine line to walk you gotta you gotta really pick your times to get optimistic because we've we've had our hearts broken so many times and there's there's very little to show for it so um i mean hey look uh Adam Gase, the former, you know, the, the most recent head coach, sucked, and everybody knew it from day one. If you had asked me that question about Adam Gase when he was hired, I would have said, not at all. I'm not at all optimistic or excited or anything. So, you know, I would have taken uh, a ham sandwich as the new head coach over, over Gase. So, um, guardedly optimistic, having said that, because they – lost their opportunity to get the number one pick i don't know what else there really is to look forward to for this team because they got so many holes that need to be plugged but this isn't that show so we'll let the uh the experts on the nfl uh talk about that some more one thing i wanted to look into a bit uh because uh, this is a team that i sort of look upon as probably my second favorite team behind spurs and it's the team that i have on on a number of occasions suggested should be Jared's team because last time we checked, you still haven't picked Uh, your team. I have not. All right. Uh, Perhaps based on what we're going to talk about here, uh, you were wise to not follow my advice because I suggested that you pick this team to be your, uh, your favorite. And that would be the Wolverhampton Wanderers. So what the hell happened to wolves? They come off of last season uh, finishing 7th in the table, 59 points. Um, there, there were uh, They were right in the middle of, of the battle for getting a, uh, a slot in one of the European tournaments. They had 15 wins, 14 draws, and 9 losses. They had 51 goals, 4 and 40 against. As our friend of the show, Luke, could tell you, uh, since he did fantasy Premier League last year, um, and had Wolves defenders on his team, Wolves very often would put up clean sheets last year. Uh, this year, so again they were seventh last year. This year they are currently 14th, and we are um, exactly halfway through the season. In so far as Wolves are concerned, they have played 19 matches out of 38, so. You can do percentage comparisons. So they're 14th now, having scored 22 points. Well, last year they finished the year with 59 points. So they've got barely more than one third uh, of the points that they scored in their complete season last year, but they're halfway through the season. So they're obviously behind that pace. Last year they ha- ended the year with 15 wins, they currently have six. Same comparison. Last year, they had nine losses in the entire season. They currently have nine losses in this season. They've only played half the season. So, um, obviously, that's no good. Uh, 21 goals scored for Wolves this year, again, compared to 51 uh, in the full season last year. They've given up. 29 this year. They only gave up 40 last year. Again, we're only halfway through the season, and they've given up 29 compared to 40 last year. So, these st- sort of stats, you know, you don't have to be a genius to figure out that they're just collectively not playing as well as they played last year. So, I'm sure anybody who's familiar with what's been going on with Wolves over the last few weeks probably would hear the premise of of this conversation and and the question of what happened to Wolves and say, well, the obvious answer is Raul Jimenez got hurt. As we recall at the end of November uh, in a match against Arsenal, he and David Luiz both go up for a header and their heads collide. And David Luiz walked away with a very bloody head. And Raul Jimenez walked away with a fractured skull. Uh, We are currently standing here in the 59th minute of the Arsenal-Newcastle match, and David Luiz is playing. Uh, The best we've seen from Raul Jimenez lately is sitting in the stands watching his team play. Um, So he is still recovering from his injury. We'll see if he ever gets back this year. Uh, Again, fractured skull in a sport in which your bare head is often used in close proximity to other players trying As a to strike the ball. Course, yeah. uh, I mean, heck, put aside the likelihood of, of bashing your head into another player's head. If you got a fractured skull, I'm not sure you should be heading a soccer ball. No. So, um, you know, let the doctors figure all that out. But, um, sure, the loss of Imanez matters. He He played 10 matches this year before coming out. And in those 10 matches, he scored four goals. He didn't have any assists, but he scored four goals. Um, you know, again, that represents nearly 20% of the, the goals the entire team has scored this year, and he has missed eight of their eight, uh, correction, nine of their 19 matches. So do that math. Yeah. Um, in last year's season, he played in all 38 matches. He finished with 17 goals and had six assists. So for him, he was pretty much on pace. He had four goals a little past the, the quarter mark yeah, of so the he,
1: season. He would have been uh, around 16, 17. Yeah, about yeah.
0: what he, he was about yeah. on the pace he had last year. Um, no assists, um, you know, for reasons that we'll, we'll get to in a minute, perhaps. Um, But again, his goal production was comparable to what it was last year for the same number of games. And now they don't have him anymore. Um, Well, how did the team do for those 10 games in which he was playing? Five wins, two draws, three losses. All right. Well, they've only gotten one win since he's been gone. Mm -hmm. Um, And six losses since he's been gone. So sure seems like the loss of Jimenez is substantial but at the same time you know some of those stats we were going through didn't just have to do weren't the sort of things that your striker controls um how are they giving up more goals that that can't be the law lo- because of the loss of Jimenez. um what's going on there and <laughs> it's not like they're playing a man down they have other players who who aren't bad um you know put you know he's he's showing a lot of promise. Yeah,
1: I mean Fabio
0: Silva, the Fabio young, Silva's good, young striker. And they're both young, so they've got, yeah. you know, some some growing pains to go through, but um, look, between the two of them, I would have to to double check this, but I'm I'm pretty sure between the two of them, they're pretty close to that four goals production that Jimenez had in roughly as many games as the two of them have been covering for him since his injury. So Have they really lost that goal production? Um, You know, they were, again, they were five wins, two draws, and three losses with him in this season. Without him, one win, two draws, five losses.
1: You know what that one win
0: was? Oh, Chelsea. Chelsea
1: chelsea after we got edward mendy so right. we're actually responsible <laughs> for the, w- that's the one that's what you're win. asking yeah yep. i was all proud of myself that i remember it, yeah, <laughs> and- <laughs> so
0: hey, it could have easily
1: been uh, solid losses hey so. mendy
0: had a clean sheet this weekend so yeah. you know we'll, <laughs> we'll table our <laughs> pulling our hair out over that that's the that's the bald guy joke uh for myself anyway um is it just eminez that accounts for this Well, let's look at some other players here. Uh, Our old friend Adama Traore, uh, former member of the Hands Off Those Balls fantasy team, but we dropped him because he wasn't doing anything. And that was a while ago that we dropped him, and he's still not
1: doing anything. It was a combination of him being ineffective and being misutilized.
0: I agree with that. Yeah. Um, You know, the the classic, so to speak, use of him... to, to our eyes, I think, and, and certainly correct me if you disagree here, but is have him as the right winger sprinting down, beating defenders to the uh, the back line and using his right foot to cross to set up one of the forwards to score.
1: Exactly what we want Tariq Lamptey to do, but from a midfield or forward position. Yeah, yeah.
0: Um, it, it is a formula that worked very well last year. Uh, as evident by the fact that last year, Treori had nine assists, which was very close, if not at the top of the league. He might have led the league in assists. He was, he was right up there. Uh, he also had four goals last year. Again, in a complete season, he has no goals and no assists this year. He still has no assists this year. Now, again, uh, as Jared pointed out, there there was a match or two where they were they were having him as a forward, like in the middle, and that's that's not how he should be used. Um, granted, he no longer has Raul Jimenez to receive those um, center centering passes, but he's got other players, and, and, and I think it's that other teams have figured him out. The, the, the that could team, be it. The that other teams seem it. to consistently have two guys on him when he's trying to set that move up He still, bless his heart, beats them a lot of times. You know, he does this little thing where he kind of holds the ball, stands still, and just his first step is so quick that he can still get by. And this is while he's in the corner with about like 10 feet between himself and the back line. But he's able to just get a step ahead and get that crossing pass in. But it's not as accurate as it, it had been last year probably because he's getting double teamed all the time. Um, you know, another thing to take notice of, and of course I say this as a Spurs fan, uh, you'll recall that Matt Doherty got picked up by Spurs from Wolves. Matt Doherty, uh, defender, had been with Spurs for years, or rather with Wolves for years. Um, and I didn't realize this uh, until... sort of researching for this segment, but uh, he had actually been selected, so to speak, by writer Paul Doyle of The Guardian as Wolves' player of the decade, uh, which I think kind of says something when you're a defender. He was, you know, he's one of these scoring defenders, not, you know, not quite a a Trent Alexander-Arnold type. Not that he's scoring much this year, but you know, he's not one of these who's constantly going forward. But he's a big enough dude that on corners he can make a difference. And, you know, he's, he's got more goals than nothing, which is more than Connor Cody has. Yeah. <laughs> so he's, he's doing something right. Um, and again, you know, player of the decade. It's why when he was signed by Spurs for what was an undisclosed transfer fee, but rumors are that it was just shy of 15 million pounds. 15 million pounds of transfer fee for him is considered a steal uh, because he's so good. So Wolves don't have him anymore. Um, That's got to make a difference. Rui Patricio, the goaltender for Wolves, he's still there. He was there last year. He's doing okay. But look at the stats. Last year his save percentage was six seventy-five. This year, his save percentage is six oh three. It's a pretty yeah. sizable difference. Now, if your you know, if, if your left, right, and center backs aren't as good as they used to be and more is being asked of you as a goaltender, then yeah, your save percentage is probably gonna go down. And so the loss of Doherty means that there's gonna be more pressure on you as the goaltender probably and your save percentage is going to go down, or else you're going to have to step up. Uh, so, I think these these things have all kind of converged, and it's like a perfect storm type uh, of yeah. Scenario. I mean, you, you yeah. had a team that that was sort of shaky uh, from the loss of Doherty from you know an off season where other teams could say, "How do we neutralize Treore?" Um, and then Jimenez goes down. So, you know, they just they couldn't handle that. This isn't Chelsea where they're, they they have a team sitting on their bench that could be in the top 4 of the Premier yeah. League at any given time. So, they just th- don't have the depth to deal with it. I, I what are your thoughts, you know? cuz I had higher hopes for him than potentially worrying about Relegation, potential relegation.
1: I mean, so for me, you know, we've mentioned it. They haven't won in over a month. You know, the one, the one win they did have was against Chelsea. Um, I kind of look to last week. Their their performance is sort of almost a, a defining moment in the season for them. Um, you know, they're they're hosting West Brom and the Black Country Derby, which is a very cool name, by the way. That is a very cool name. Very cool name. Um, but if you can't get it done at home against arguably the worst one of the worst teams in the league i think that says a whole lot about the trajectory of your team i'm i'm sorry it just does i think that's you know?
0: fair um you know a couple things that could play a part in that number one you got the big sam factor sam allardyce new uh, manager for west brom this uh, sort of legendary history of, of always saving teams from relegation. He's still relatively new, and it seems that quite often a new manager will inject a spark into teams, and they do well f- for a while, and then, then it becomes a question of whether or not they can continue.
1: Yeah, I mean, specifically, you look at Wolves defenders giving up two penalty kicks. I mean, that's just yeah. stupid, stupid, stupid play, you know? Yeah, um,
0: it's, uh, that's fair. And, that, and you can't give—now it's not like you can give Big Sam credit for those. No. Um, um, the other thing about it, and— again it's stupid penalties so how much does this really play a part but uh big rivalry games you never know uh everyone's fired up yeah Yeah. in every sport those are always you know don't look past your big rival even if they're having a bad season because they're going to be motivated for that game and the the black country derby that they are big rivals with each other so that could have played a part. I think you're right. I think it, what played a part was was Cody and who else uh committed penalties in the box. I know he had one of them, but I can't remember the other one. But, you know, when when you are it committing was, yeah, Willy, Willy bully Yes, willie willie bully that yes, challenge, yes. yeah. Yep. Um when your own defenders are doing that, uh you're not you're certainly not making uh Uh, Rui Patricio's job any easier. That's for darn sure. And and unfortunately, he had a 50-50 chance twice and guessed wrong on both. Yep. Um, So that's what you end up with. So we'll see if if Jimenez can come back this year. We'll see if they can figure it out. They've still got some time in the transfer window to maybe bring in a new striker. Uh, You know, Pudence and um, uh, Silver are, are good, but they're young, inexperienced. So, you know, maybe there's somebody they could bring in uh, short-term to, to try to settle things down. Uh, I, I I don't know how it works in, in Premier League if if they, you know, the idea of bringing in one of these, like, veterans on a one-year contract to, you know. Just to pull it all together. Like a Mark Messier yeah. in 94 situation, you know. So, I don't know. If I were Olivier Giroux, I'd probably be a little bit unhappy about the fact that I'm not getting as much playing time. Bring him in. I mean, you know, cuz he is just your classic guy who plays the striker position and is always within inches of the 6-yard box. Like he's just there waiting for the ball to come in. You know, maybe you could you could complain that he's lost a step with age. He is like 33 or something like that. So he's no spring chicken, but you know, it, when I watch him play, I'm like, "Wow, that's That's what a striker does. And, and yeah, certainly the the Harry Kanes, the the Jamie Vardys do that too. And they do it better because they're younger and more athletic now. Um, But nobody's transferring Jamie Vardy anytime soon. You know, a guy like uh, Giroud was sitting on the bench. You know, maybe someone like him is available for Wolves. So I don't know what the the solution is. That's for um, Nuno to figure out. But uh, I'm sure they've got some great minds on it. So, anyway, we'll see if, uh, if things turn around for Wolves in a couple of weeks. Meanwhile, we will take a break. We'll give you the scores for this pat the, <laughs> these past few days. Can't really call it <laughs> this no past match week. It's not even done yet. Um, and give you the schedule for the upcoming games. And... Then we will come back and talk in a little more detail about some of the games we think are worth mentioning. So we will be right back. Here are your scores from Match Week 18 in the English Premier League. On Tuesday, Sheffield United got its first win of the season, beating Newcastle 1-0. Everton defeated Wolves 2-1, and Manchester United topped Burnley 1-0 to make up their postponed Week 1 contest. Wednesday saw Man City defeat Brighton 1-0, while Spurs and Fulham played to a 1-1 draw in a make-up of their Week 16 match. One match Thursday as Arsenal and Crystal Palace played to a scoreless draw at the Emirates. Match Week 19 began Saturday with West Brom topping Wolves in the Black Country Derby 3-2. West Ham defeated Burnley 1-0, Brighton escaped Leeds with a 1-0 win, Chelsea beat Fulham 1-0, and Leicester defeated Southampton 2-0. On Sunday, Spurs topped Sheffield 3-1, Liverpool and Manchester United played to a scoreless draw, and Manchester City continued its winning streak with a victory over Crystal Palace 4-0. Match Week 18 will continue its slate of games Tuesday with West Ham hosting West Bromwich Albion and Chelsea visiting Leicester. Man City and Aston Villa will play their postponed match from Week 1 on Wednesday at the Etihad, while Fulham hosts Manchester United, and Match Week 18 finally concludes Thursday when Burnley travels to Merseyside to face Liverpool. On Saturday, Newcastle visits Aston Villa to make up their postponed Week 1 match. That's what's happening in the EPL. Now back to the show. And we are back. So before we get into discussing individual games in detail... Jared, you uh, you're all excited to stump me with a trivia question. Well, it's is this uh, just payback for the whole jersey sponsor game we played last time?
1: No, you got a ton of payback coming. From <laughs> oh, great, now, yeah. <laughs> this is now, only the beginning. Th- this was actually just an interesting one. Uh, I would not have known this answer, um, and uh, I saw it online. I wasn't able to vet it. I tried, but it seems to be legit. So if I get all buzzed on it, you know, well, I
0: mean, it, nothing on the internet could be wrong. I, never.
1: <laughs> anyways. How many English managers have ever won the English
0: Premier League? So, like, England as the home country? Yeah. Is, is, is this? I mean, by virtue of asking the question, it, it seems hard to believe the answer is, you know, 13 or some, you know, sort of normal number. Um, see, and I don't know who's from, like, Wales and who's from Scotland, like... Alex Ferguson. That seems like he's, a he's from Scotland.
1: Yeah. The answer is ironic. So that zero. Yes.
0: Really? Yeah. So I mean, like even back in the. Yeah. Oh wait a minute! You said Premier League. You're not English talking top. You're not talking yeah. top flight. Right. For a hundred years. Yeah. Just in the last. So I thought that was, that th- is weird. Yeah. I thought
1: that was an ironic uh, trivia question. I so. mean,
0: Ferguson is <laughs> he's won like half of them, so that <laughs> yeah. takes up quite a few. Uh, yeah, and I, you know, sort of going through. What little I know other than that, you know, then you've got the, um, uh, the Arsenal years with what is it, Wenger. Um, and I have no idea where he's Arsene from. Arsene, well, I think he's French. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, so, yeah.
1: Anyways. Interesting. Yeah, you learn something new every day. Yeah. Um, so we'll go ahead and talk about some of the games. Um, first, we'll talk about uh, Match Day 18. Uh, so Sheffield hosting uh, Newcastle. I was pretty devastated by this one, I'm not going to lie. I don't care at all about Newcastle, and I certainly don't care about uh, Sheffield, but I do care about history. I, I've mentioned many times on this show that I care about history. You can still have history, even though this happens. I know, but that sort of is... Uh, it's, that it's They're a razor, not... razor thin. Uh, you know.
0: Oh, is it? I, I would have figured that they were still safely on pace. To, uh,
1: uh, dubious pace, that is. I'd say they are very close to being on pace. Like they All were going to clip. I mean, you're before, the math guy. Yeah. Uh, anyways, uh, Sheffield takes this one one nil. Um, that's that's their first one of the season. Their first EPL win since July. Um, so they have
0: four points now.
1: Uh, they have five now, so they're on pace for ten points. Um that's still less than the Darby record of eleven, but again, we're pretty close now. Mm, I mean one right. more win and you know, it's gonna be really troubling here. <laughs> be
0: the worst. Yeah.
1: Um sorry if you're a Sheffield fan. I <laughs> um and then they're on pace for twenty goals, which would match Darby's record as well. So again, that's mm. a razor, razor thin margin.
0: How about that?
1: Um then we had a match day 16 makeup game due to COVID. Um, this was Tottenham hosting Fulham. Uh, so we rented Harry Kane for the week due to our fantasy one hit option. And we made him our captain. So basically, if, if you don't know what that is, for one week, you construct a new team with within salary limits for that week alone. And then after that, you revert to the team you had previously. Yes.
0: So it's essentially unlimited transfers That will only apply for that one week, so you can just make a new team out of thin air. And the reason we had to do that is because we had a fantasy match week in which there were a grand total of only six matches. Yeah, only 12 teams played that that entire fantasy week. And while some teams were apparently able to construct a lineup of 11 players with their existing squad, we couldn't couldn't even come close. Plus we had injuries, so we had to sort of start from scratch.
1: Um, we also rented Spurs keeper Yoris uh, for this one, so uh, this was a good game for us to keep our eye on. Um, this one was looking really good. Uh, Kane scores early in the 25th minute. Yoris is rocking a clean sheet, uh, and then in true Spurs fashion, uh, Caballero for Fulham scores in the 74th minute to equalize. Um I think the scoring has to happen in the final 15 minutes for it to register as officially Spursy by definition. <laughs> it was so, pretty damn close. It was close. They missed it by 1 minute. And um, I
0: wasn't 100% clear whether or not the announcers were counting that match when they said Spurs have given up a goal in the final eight or rather the final 15 minutes eight times this year.
1: Oh, so it could be 8 or 9? That's If it was eight coming into saying. the game, right. yeah.
0: Um, I, I suspect they were counting that one just because it's an odd stat to bring in if you weren't counting it. And if yeah. you weren't counting it and you brought that stat up, you would probably make the point to say, and, and we're not even counting this yes. game. Yeah. So, um, it's very spursy.
1: Yeah. So we lose the clean sheet as well. Uh, 1-1 is uh, draws the final in this one. I'm sure Tottenham was hoping for a little better outcome against uh, Fulham at home.
0: But, yeah. I mean, you, you had – what was the one – a few weeks ago, Brighton maybe? There's some other crap team that they you know, they had another one of these. Early lead and final fifteen, they give up a goal, so it ends up being a draw and you're just like leaving yeah. points on, on the table. Not that table, but the you know proverbial table. The yeah. proverbial table. Yeah. Uh it's frustrating.
1: Yeah. Um, we also had Man City hosting Brighton. I just wanted to mention this one because we also rented Phil Foden for uh, the week for our, our one-hit fantasy, by my recommendation, and he goes on to score the only goal in a one-nil Man City win over Brighton. So,
0: thank you, Jared. Yeah, you're, you're welcome. That's, um, we all, that. Well, it's the only thing he wanted to mention from that match.
1: It is. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, I could mention Man City wins, but we that's a given anyways. Yeah, no kidding. Um, We won't talk too much about this one, but uh, Wolves hosting West Brom. This was the Black uh, Country Derby we had mentioned before. Um, There were three lead changes in this one, so it was actually a pretty good game, even though uh, the result was not uh, what Wolves fans would have wanted. Um, Willie Bowley has a a very busy uh, early part of the game for Wolves. He gives up the penalty kick to West Brom on a bad challenge early. In which uh, he wound up getting a face full of chalk. It was actually kind of funny if you saw that. Um,
0: yeah, I, I actually i was I was looking at his face afterwards, saying, <laughs> "Is he going to wipe it off, or just yeah. is this going to be?" Does he know one? it's there? I, go with
1: it. Um, but he also follows that up with an assist and a goal for himself. Uh, the assist was to teenager Fabio Silva for his first EPL goal. So congratulations <laughs> to him. Um, so wolves actually take the two-one lead into halftime, but West Brom equalizes pretty quickly in the second half. Um, Connor Cody with an ill-advised challenge gets another penalty kick issued, which West Brom converts, um, and three-two. West Brom is the final on this one. So uh, pretty disappointing for uh, the Wolves on uh, you know important rivalry. Just at wolves. wolves, sorry, yes, just Wolves. Thank you.
0: And speaking of teams that don't use the article, um, I mentioned a minute ago, wondering out loud if it was Brighton that Spurs had a very Spursy draw against. Uh, I believe I was I was thinking of Crystal Palace. who was another one-one draw with a late goal.
1: Was that the deer handball? I, I remember that one, and I, but I couldn't remember. Um.
0: Uh, no, because this, the goal in the, the 80-something minute was schlup, and I oh, doubt he's okay. kicking penalties. Right. And, uh, same thing happened, ironically, uh, against Wolves, you know, whose, who's, you know, tombstone we were chiseling in the first half. Yeah. Uh, that's one of their two, uh, draws in, in the weeks since Jimenez's injury. Uh, Saiz had a goal in the 86th minute, so, uh... Oh, well, yeah. Yeah, they, uh... They find ways to not win.
1: <laughs> um, so moving on, we have uh, Leeds also hosting Brighton. So Leeds is fresh off their FA Cup elimination at the hands of Perennial Powerhouse. Is that Crawley Town from League Two?
0: Yeah, as, as I was kidding, <laughs> I, I believe this is the team they had to wait for the uh, field hockey team to finish practice before they could hold this game on their uh, uh, local home field because... <clears throat> I'm not going to suggest that we've heard of every team, but uh, when I Googled them, there wasn't what you see when you Google, like, Tottenham Hotspur. or well, Was it still on
1: GeoCities
0: or something? It, like, <laughs> I mean, like, what was... Well, Google has sort of Google-crafted imaging that comes up, and you, yeah, you press the, this tab to get stats and this tab to get players, etc., and that'll appear if you search, you know, uh, Millwall. It'll appear if you search, you know, like Brentford, um, uh, Sunderland. But when you do it for this crawly town, it just, you just get a standard Google list of hits. <laughs> <laughs> like, wow, these guys don't even merit uh, their own little, like, stats tab. And it's not like it was close.
1: Wasn't it 3 0 or something? Yeah. It was not, not good. Um, you so never know with these things uh, no. whether
0: or not they're, they might be playing, like, the third string guys or something. Um, but, i pretty embarrassing. Yeah, um, this one was a
1: pretty equal game, um, opportunity and control wise. Uh, Neil Mope breaks through early in the 17th minute, and that's enough to hold up here for the one 0 Brighton win. Um, for Leeds, that's three straight clean sheets against. And I just wanted to talk about Patrick Bamford for a bit. Um, we still have him on our team, and I think it's criminal not to have him based on his potential production and salary. However, I agree with that. However. That's, you know, three straight clean sheets against, so he's not really getting any production at all. You know, really, he and his whole team are cold right now, so.
0: Yeah, long season. He's due yeah. all that, all those, you know, uh, generalities. He he came out really hot, so you had to expect something like this happening. We, we basically said something like this was going to happen when we were talking about the crazy pace of goal scoring absolutely at the beginning of the season which
1: everyone was so hot
0: yeah and it wasn't just because of the handball penalties it was it just regular goals were happening at a furious pace and it just couldn't hold so i how you get a bunch of snooze fests like nil nil draws between manchester united and liverpool
1: yeah, it's like the arguments in, in baseball with the steroid era versus the dead ball era. You know, which did you like yeah. better? Um, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm ready for some steroids again, I think. Are but, you?
0: Yeah. Oh, you're calling this the dead yes, ball era? this oh. is the dead ball so era. So you, you clearly don't remember the 80s. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, we also had Fulham hosting Chelsea. So Edward Bendy returns to form, but he would need a short-handed Fulham team to do so. Um, just before halftime, Anthony Robinson for Fulham gets uh, a straight red card and is sent off for a challenge and uh, a follow-through that sends Chelsea player Azpilicueta completely airborne and landing on his shoulder and arm area. Uh, so it was really bad, really dirty play. Yeah. Um, Mason Mount finally gets Chelsea on the board late in the second half. 1-0 Chelsea is the final there. And I think the last game we're going to talk about is... And I it, think,
0: oh. just to jump in real quick, I believe that that Chelsea-Fulham match, given their uh, geography, I believe that is the West London Derby. Trying to keep track of the various London Derbies, Arsenal Spurs being the North London Derby. Apparently the Chelsea-Fulham matchup is the West London Derby. So
1: That's good to know. Keep me honest on my Derbies. Yeah. <laughs> Right. I definitely uh definitely am always wanting to learn.
0: Well, what I'm I'm wondering like what maybe it's Crystal Palace or I think there's like in the south side of town, but is Crystal Palace West Ham an East London derby because I do know that West Ham is on the east side of town, which just makes me want to, you know, throw the map through a window.
1: Yeah, that's not cool.
0: <laughs> Damn
1: Brits. Um so we also had Man City hosting Crystal Palace. Um, so this was a rough one for us fantasy-wise. Um, mm. We have uh, both, both of us on our opponent have Zaha for Crystal Palace. Uh, we have Concello, um, and he has captained uh, KDB in uh, Ederson. Cancelo doesn't even start. No. So at this point, we're rooting for a Crystal Palace explosion uh, to remove the clean sheet options for basically everyone. Just yeah. burn it all down. Because De Bruyne
0: will get a, he'll get a point for a clean sheet as a midfielder. Uh, he had Ederson. He had Ederson, but I feel like he didn't have Diaz. Didn't he have a a defender? I mean, it's like a defender too.
1: I thought it was just Ederson. Was it just Ederson. Okay.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. I know what I'm thinking of. Um, so yeah, we needed to get rid of that clean sheet. Uh, would have been nice if, if De Bruyne didn't do anything. Yeah.
1: Um, it pretty much, f- those things. Yeah, it pretty much goes the exact opposite, though. 4-0 uh, Man City is the final in on this one. No shots on goal for Crystal Palace. Uh, only two shots, period. Uh, Man City's won five in a row now. So I guess the silver lining, if there is one, is uh, Man City scored four goals and KDB only has an assist out of all that. So, yeah. Um, still.
0: Yeah, and I mean, it's funny. We're... we're This being a a very odd week where it's sort of like a week and a half worth of games. So many, many teams in the match week for fantasy purposes are playing twice. So, of course, you know, the various team fantasy team owners are trying to figure out how they can set up a lineup to maximize the number of players who play twice in this fantasy match week. Certainly, we did that, and I I thought we did an okay job.
1: I thought we did a great
0: job. Uh, Until the game started getting played. (laughs) I mean, just chew on this for a minute, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think I am. We went the entire, you know, basically a week's worth of matches, a regular week's worth of matches, and none of our fantasy players were involved in a goal. Yeah, Neither scoring it nor assisting it. Yeah, I mean... So that's kind of hard to do. That's like the old okay, you win this much if you get all 15 Keno numbers right, but you also win this much if you get none of the Keno numbers. <laughs> it's kind of hard to get none of the Keno numbers. It's kind of hard well, to it, pick a team of, of good players and have none of them involved in goals or assists in a week. I mean, I told
1: you my thought process. I went going into this thing like, hey, we could crush our weekly opponent and put a pretty big, <laughs> big dent in our point differential. I went from that you jinxed it to, by thinking that. ...to wow, can we even win our weekly match? No, you know, I, I, that's...
0: I mean, there's, there's still time, but, you know, when... It, and here's another little nugget. So once a year, uh, you, you can use what's called the triple captain option. So after much soul-searching and much, much discussion and analysis, we decided to use our triple captain for this match week on a guy who is going to have two games count for fantasy purposes... A guy by the name of Mohamed Salah. Seems pretty good. Now, granted, they're playing Manchester United. But they're also playing Burnley. Also playing Burnley. So, seemed like a pretty good idea. Uh, We all know about the stinker between Liverpool and Man United where nobody could find the back of the net. So, that game didn't go anywhere. We'll see what he does against Burnley. But, um, you know, those are the sort of things that are happening (laughs) in this very odd uh, fantasy match week. And, you know, your point about De Bruyne, that to escape a game in which Man City scored four? Four goals, yeah. Four goals, and all he did was assist one, one of, of them. One of yeah. Uh, is quite an escape. You could say the same thing. He had the Tottenham two-step. He had uh, Kane and Soane, and Spurs won three to one. Yeah. So... Oh, God, Spurs scored three goals, so you know that Kane and Soane had to be involved in them. Well, Kane scored one and Soane assisted one. So that was it. And and we commented at the time to each other, well, that's about the best you could hope for. Absolutely. (laughs) Spurs scored three times, and it's just a single goal and a single assist. So uh, not the end of the world. But meanwhile, our team is doing nothing. So... We, uh, we we spent a segment explaining how our team had been very fortunate this fantasy season. I think, um, <laughs> what is it? What's coming home to roost? What, what's that expression? <laughs> what is that saying? That the something is coming, coming home to roost. About the chickens. Is it Pro- chi- uh, chickens Wouldn't, coming home wouldn't to roost? they roost? <laughs> I would think so. It's not like foxes roost, right? Yeah. And the Foxes wouldn't be coming home to the farm, so...
1: Yeah, I mean, we still have nine player games left and a triple captain, so we still have a chance, but people got to start doing
0: stuff, well, yeah. I mean, and now. Yeah, or we got to be better at this, <laughs> one or the other. Yeah. <laughs> it ain't showing this week, that's for darn sure. Um, so plenty still to come this week. We can give you the uh, the info on this Arsenal-Newcastle match Final score is 3-0 Arsenal, and pretty sure we saw uh, Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang get off the schneid and score a goal because it's been a long time coming for him uh, and all that money he's making this year, so glad to see that he's uh, able to find the net again. And with that, unless you had anything else, any other trivia questions with which to stump me?
1: No, no, that's uh, that's all I had.
0: All right. I've got a, uh, a suggestion from a friend of ours uh, for a, uh, uh, a quiz to make up for you, but I, I, I chose not to because I didn't want to have a, another situation like with the jersey sponsor. Well, all you just have
1: to do is you don't have to tell me what the test is going to be because that's no fun. But no, you know, a hint
0: would be good. You know, just you mean in advance? Yeah, just that's it. You know. Give you something to study for, though. I mean, that's uh, defeating the purpose, isn't it? Well,
1: otherwise, it's just sort of a random, you know, well, it's knowledge. Not random. It's about the Premier League,
0: and we're doing a Premier League podcast. It, well, yeah. <laughs> See, here was my thought on that. I, the the Each Premier League's jersey, yes, has, a, like, in the breast pocket area, the team's crest. And so if you've got, like, 25 vision... You can probably read the crest on the team's, you know, breast pocket area of their jersey and identify them that way. The way I look at it is until you're really comfortable with the colors, and as we discussed a few weeks ago, you can't always trust the colors. Arsenal doesn't always wear red. Um, you know, Newcastle doesn't always wear the black and white vertical stripes, Um uh, to me, the way to identify the uniforms, this isn't Major League Baseball where it says Mets in big letters or no, you're absolutely Rays right. yeah. in big letters across the, the front of the jersey. The way to identify who's who is getting used to who's jersey sponsor for which team.
1: The funny thing was, is I actually was, figured out what I did, and I can't remember who it was, but one of the teams that normally, it may have actually been Spurs, do they have a Hunter Green as an alternate?
0: Well, expecting me to be able to identify a hunter green versus a Kelly green, or whatever dark
1: green, <laughs> like the color of your shirt. Uh, but anyways, maybe? what I was tra- what I what I'm getting at is is the way that I sort of do that is that the ticker at the top is really really good at
0: matching matching that week's, that color. week's
1: color scheme. Yep. And so what I always do then is. I always look at the top and I say, "Oh, okay. These are two colors I don't recognize at all, but oh, okay. I, I see green is, is Tottenham, and you know the rest. Is I got gotcha. you. That. And that's how I recognize. And I that.
0: can't say I've not used that myself. Yeah. Um, but yeah. so that was that was my thought process. I, I I I swear I wasn't trying to to stump you or make it overly difficult. And um, yeah, just uh, I'll I'll do better to to come up with something. <laughs> that would be uh, a little more I guess universally known and and entertaining at the same time Um, so with that we will wrap things up again we appreciate you tuning in after we took a couple or took a week off I guess I should say Um, and to make up for it Uh, there's a good chance that our next episode is actually going to be out a day early for reasons we don't need to get into here, but scheduling is such that we're probably going to be able to get it out to you a day early, um, which is great, uh, except it means we're going to have a little bit less to talk about because there won't be as many games played when we're recording. Um, But we'll find something to say. Uh, So again, thank you for tuning in. We don't have a show if not for you, and we hope you all uh, stay safe and uh, are able to continue enjoying the Premier League season and avoid the virus. You know, they're, they're getting the vaccines out more, so that's a relief not only for the teams that we like to watch, but for all of us. So, again, hope you all stay safe out there. Have a great week, and we will talk at you next time. Take care, everybody.